everyone. I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who's donated on Patreon and everyone who's listened uh, through the entire first season of Story. Uh, This is the finale to The Walk. After this, we're going to start a season two, and it's going to be a completely different story. Uh, Anyways, thanks for sticking around, and we hope you enjoy the last episode. Uh, Here it is, episode 26, the finale of The Walk. Seven Lamb Productions presents The Walk Episode 26 The very basic core of a man's living spirit is his passion for adventure. The joy in life comes from our encounters with new experiences, and hence there is no greater joy than having an endlessly changing horizon. (laughs) That was a quote from Into the Wild. Surprisingly, I never finished that book. I meant to before I left. I borrowed the torn up paperback from a friend, but I only got halfway through and stopped. Finals were coming, and once the semester was over, I got caught up with planning for this whole trip. And I didn't remember the quote. I was reading it off a sign in a diner bathroom. Was that sign a coincidence? It had been four days since I turned off my phone. One more day. Five full days with no phone. It wasn't easy. But I'd followed US-19 the whole time. I stopped in this diner just to go to the bathroom. The waitress smiled and waved as I walked past. Thank you. You're welcome. Nights were the hardest. Laying in my tent, phoneless was both creepy and boring. I just let the cicadas and wind lull me to sleep. The sun was down by 6.30 now, which lessened the time I could walk. I averaged about 20 miles a day. Each day I walked slow, taking in the scenery. I'm not sure if I was discovering anything about me, and I'm not sure if my aimless thoughts were helping me spiritually, but I stuck with it. I met a lot of nice people who offered rides and money. Rides I declined, money I accepted. The land had quickly flattened, which made walking a lot easier. Each day without my phone, without the calls, without the podcasts, or music, or audiobooks was tough, but peaceful. My mind wandered. I thought a lot about my past, the moment I met Chase and Anders and Isaac and Liz. I thought about my first girlfriend, Amy. I thought about the first time I had sex, how awkward it was, how bad I was at it. I thought about the day my mom and dad sat me down and mentioned the word divorce. I thought about all the mistakes I'd made in life. I'd cheated on a test in high school once. Algebra 2. Copied the answers from Gina, who was the smartest girl in class. The teacher caught me, and it was the only time I ever got detention. But why did I cheat? I know I didn't study because... Because I'd snuck out of the house the night before to go to a party. The party sucked, so it wasn't worth it. I thought about the one fist fight in middle school. 
I thought about the one time I broke my nose and the time I broke my thumb. I thought about all the friends I'd lost over the years for different reasons. Made me think of TJ. Why didn't I keep in touch with him? Sometimes my thoughts of the past would slowly creep to thoughts of the future. I thought about what I wanted out of life. I thought about marriage and kids. That's when things would get scary. The uncertainty of what's to come. Sometimes my mind would race through the hypothetical future all the way to my own mortality. I often had to shake myself for that. When I thought about the walk, I always ended up with an uneasy feeling. Not with the walk itself, but with the people I had lost along the way. I did come to the conclusion that I was never in love with Liz. She was smart, fun girl, but the type that was just as confused as I was, in a good way. She saw life differently, though. She saw life as a fast-moving train that you had to climb aboard before it got away. And while I, too, didn't want to settle at any point, I did want to pursue a goal. I'm the kind of person who needs a destination when jumping aboard the train. And I wasn't thinking Key West. I was thinking about my writing. I ended up going six days without my phone. That night, though, with the storm rolling in, I decided to turn it back on. Texts and missed calls flooded the screen. Most were mom. Some were Anders. One was Isaac. One was TJ. And one was Liz. I was surprised Dad hadn't tried to contact me. I texted everyone back and lied about weak signal. I then jumped on Facebook and replied to some comments from friends and family about being in Florida. After all that, I rolled onto my side and closed my eyes. Really, Mom? Calling right now? I rolled over and grabbed my phone. But it wasn't Mom. It was Chase. Hello? Hey, John. Hey. Sorry, I was going to text, but... Uh, I don't know. I thought calling might be better. That's fine. You're in Florida, right? Yeah, North Florida. Heading towards Crystal River. Nice. I just finished. Really? Yeah. So what? Are you going to sleep on the beach? No. I mean, I'm home already. You're home? I finished the walk yesterday. My, uh, my mom, dad, and sister showed up for my last day. Then they drove me home. Oh, how was it? Finishing? Bittersweet. Honestly, I'm surprised you're so close. I've only been doing 20 miles a day, at the most. So what do you think, like, another month? I'm not thinking about it. I'll reach Key West when I do. Okay, that's good, I guess. You didn't want to take a day or two in Key West? Nah, I got an interview on Wednesday. For that one job? Still available. Cool, man. The the real reason I called was I wanted to apologize about before. Things were weird between us, though. Talking didn't seem to help. And honestly, I think splitting up was a good decision. Okay. Yeah, well, um, I just, uh, I just wanted to say there was no hard feelings. I wanted to bring up how he blocked me on Facebook, but I held my tongue. But I do think I'm going to concentrate on work now. <laughs> you breaking up with me? I'm just saying I'm going to be busy for a while. 
Okay, man. It's fine. You don't have to get mad. I'm not. Trust me. I'm not. Okay. Well, uh, good luck with the walk. I hope everything goes smoothly. Thanks. Good luck with the job. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Bye. Little did I know that would be the last time I ever talked to Chase. Despite my conversation with Chase last night, I woke up happy. My tent was soaked and it was a pain packing it back up, but I was in a good mood. I realized that I'd been so preoccupied with the whole Liz and Chase bullshit that it had dampened the adventure of the walk. Shit, even after Liz left and Chase and I split, it wasn't even a week before my backpack was stolen. I enjoyed the walk, but I really didn't feel like I was fully experiencing it. It lacked fun. Not that I didn't have good times with the group, but I didn't have a clear mind. I decided that Florida would be different. No thinking about Chase or Liz or Dad or anything. It's time to think about the walk and solely the walk. Time to finish this thing. I hit up a McDonald's where I got two Egg McMuffins and an orange juice. I charged everything inside and did a search of the roads around me. Florida had tons of campgrounds. Why was I sleeping on the side of the road? I did a search for campgrounds and found one. Devil's Den. The name sounded familiar, but I didn't know why. Who cares? The website showed that they had a prehistoric spring. Well, there's my target for the day. Where? Devil's Den. Never heard of it. They have a spring you can snorkel in. Looks cool. Wait, you're not following 19 anymore? No, I think I'm going to head more along the east side. Why? That's so far from home. I don't want to head home, Mom. Not yet. But I was really hoping that you would visit when you pass through St. Pete. No, Mom. I told you. I want to finish first. Okay, John. The spring was freezing, but it was worth it. The cave it was in had a large opening at the top with vines hanging loosely over the edge. Sunlight gave the center of the spring a gold glow and seemed to attract a lot of the small black fish. That night I camped and made a fire. There was a pit in the camping area. This was the first time on this trip that I had made a fire, and it wasn't for survival, it was just because. There was a man trying to get my attention from across the campsite. He was standing on a log, waving at me. Yeah, you! Yeah? Want some s'mores? <laughs> sure. There was a group of four 20-somethings sitting around their fire, drinking and making s'mores. Two guys and two girls. Obviously two couples having a fun night camping. They invited me to hang out with them. So I did. You're walking across the country? I told them all about it. Fuck. That's a panty dropper for sure. Yeah, he's going to use that as an icebreaker. <laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> right? Uh, excuse me, ladies, but do you mind if I have a seat next to you? Because my feet are extremely tired. I don't know if you've heard, but I've walked across the entire country. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about that. Well, it does show perseverance. More than that... It shows that you're a real man's man. 
A fucking traveler. A man of the land. I don't know if that's completely true. I've eaten a lot of Subway and McDonald's on this trip. <laughs> you never killed for a meal? No hunting at all. How the hell did you manage that? I was always able to find food. Usually there was a gas station or fast food restaurant. Sometimes people offered food. <laughs> you get enough people offering you s'mores, you don't need to hunt. And beer. They tossed me a can. You gotta walk far tomorrow? I don't have to walk tomorrow at all. They get drunk with us. Yes. Sure, why not? I didn't just get drunk. I got wasted. I ended up throwing up twice. All my s'mores now in a gross pile by the campsite. The next morning I woke up with a horrible headache. I went back to sleep and slept till noon. When I awoke, I decided to do some walking, but it was slow, and I only made it about 10 miles before I set up camp. I headed through Ocala and down the 301. I jumped back on 27 and headed south through the middle of the state. Liz, Isaac, and now Dad had called in the past couple of days. I didn't turn my phone off, but I didn't answer anyone. Not even Mom when she called although she was the only person I gave a check-in text to every so often. That way she wouldn't call the cops and worry about me lying in a ditch somewhere. When I hit Lake Buena Vista, I found a cheap motel and got a room. I didn't want to walk to Orlando, so I would stick to 27. Although it had been a while since I'd been to Orlando, hmm, I checked my bank account. I had plenty of money left. I decided tomorrow would be a rest day. In the morning, I went to the front office and reserved a room for another night. I then Ubered to Universal Studios. It had been at least eight years since I'd been here. They had so many new rides, and I wouldn't have to worry about long wait times because most had single rider lines. Visiting the theme park probably wasn't the smartest idea. I should be saving money for when I finish the walk, but screw it. After my impromptu Orlando stop, I continued south towards Lake Wales. I stayed off social media and didn't answer calls or texts, but I did go back to listening to the podcasts. Not comedic ones, but audio dramas. Anders was right. Some of these were really good. I listened to a lot of We're Alive, Leviathan, Black Tapes. These audio dramas were more in line with the type of storytelling I wanted to do. I headed through Archibald and into Palmdale. Each night I was able to hit a campground since they were splattered all over Florida. In Palmdale, I hit a campsite known as Fish Eating Creek. The owners were super friendly and told me they also owned Gatorama down the road. You should come out and check out the live show. We open at 9 tomorrow. Yes, please. Also, can we get a picture with you? George and Abby were the older married couple who owned the campground and Gatorama. They were fascinated by my story. We headed outside and took some pics in front of the office before the sun went down. So you can literally pick any spot you want. We've been slow the last couple of weeks, so most spots are open. All you do is head down that path and take a left. Anything that's open, feel free. Okay. How much? Uh, get out of here. No payment necessary. But tomorrow, make sure you come to a show. They're not long. Okay. 
After I set up the tent, I decided to head back to the front office before it closed. They had some food and drinks for sale and I wanted to get something different than beef jerky. Look who it is again. <laughs> I told you we don't accept your money here. <laughs> Stop, George. I just came for a drink and some raviolis or maybe a candy bar. Go ahead, honey. Take whatever you want. What do you mean? Take anything you want. You mean buy anything I want? The kid doesn't listen. Your money's no good here. Just grab whatever you want, food and drink-wise. Are you sure? Yes, honey. I didn't know how to proceed, so I grabbed a can of ravioli, Snickers, and a Gatorade and went to the counter. That's it? Yeah. Come on. We're giving you a free pass. Grab whatever you want. Just bring it up here so I can bag it and mark it down for inventory purposes. Seriously, take whatever you want. Go hog wild. Really? Yes. Oh boy. I was a kid in a candy shop. I wasn't sure how much I should grab, but after being egged on, I went crazy. I was hungry and it had been a while since I'd eaten any junk food. I grabbed Reese's peanut butter cups, Kit Kats, a baby Ruth, gummy worms, gummy bears, two cans of ravioli, pastries, small box of cereal, gum, strawberry soda, Mr. Pibb, even a Yoo-Hoo. Holy shit. It had been nearly a decade since I'd had a Yoo-Hoo. I decided to grab two. Now that's what I'm talking about. I fully intend on being sick tomorrow. <laughs> yes, you will. That night I sat in my tent eating crap and doing a crossword. Around 10 I received a text from Liz. It read, Hope all is well. I ignored it and went back to my crossword. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I only had a short time left on this walk and I didn't want to think about anything but the walk. The next day I walked by Gatorama and watched the show. I was able to hold a crocodile and an albino alligator. Afterwards, I jumped back on the road and followed through the small towns of Moorhaven and Clewiston. There was a trail that followed along Lake Okeechobee. I jumped on it to get a good view of the large lake. I always thought it was funny how people thought in Florida alligators are just everywhere, but living in St. Pete, you never saw alligators unless you went to the zoo or a nature park. Even walking by Lake Okeechobee, I didn't see any gators. But when I passed Belle Glade and headed straight south along 27, there were alligators everywhere. They were sunning themselves along the creeks and ponds. Gators never scared me, but now that I was coming up to the Everglades, I thought about looking for a motel to stay in. No morning tent surprises for me. Highway 27 actually skirted the outside of the Everglades, so I wasn't in swampy territory long. I was close to Miami, so not only did I get a motel room again, but I also took an Uber into the city. I caught a heat game and went to watch High Lie. Although I lost money betting, it was fun. The money in my bank account was dwindling quickly, but I didn't care. I was having fun. It was a nice rest day before my final stretch. Next up, the keys. Highway 1 took me right into Key Largo. A wave of relief washed over me. My trip wasn't over, but it was close. I was shocked to find that the southernmost point in Key West was nearly a hundred miles from where I stood. That's okay. I could make it in four or five days. I walked through Key Largo and Plantation Key. I got another motel room because finding a place to camp wasn't easy. These islands were small, but the view was amazing. It was a trail that led all the way to Key West. John, you're in the Keys? 
Yes, Mom. You should have told me sooner. I'm not going to finish for another three days or so. Okay, so this Thursday? Most likely. I want to be there when you finish. Let me call Grandpa and your dad. Okay, Mom. As I passed her Windley Key, I took in the scenery. There were iguanas everywhere. I remembered reading an article about the invasive species that plagued Florida. Iguanas were one of those species, but I also saw tons of other animals roaming about, many of which shocked me. I saw chickens, roosters, alligators, geckos, deer, even a bald eagle. I couldn't believe it. A bald eagle. It was noon on a Wednesday. I was leaving Marathon and hopping onto the Seven Mile Bridge. The water was calm. Pelicans and seagulls waited every so often, dunking their heads in the water. Mom had texted me and let me know that Dad wouldn't be able to make it and that she wouldn't be able to leave work early today, even though she wanted to. But tomorrow morning, her, Grandpa, and Grandma would leave and rush down here. I even thought about leaving tonight, but I'm going to work late instead so I can get off tomorrow. We're going to leave super early. You know it's like an eight-hour drive. Seven. I just looked it up. Okay. Just walk slow. I mean, I'd probably finish around noon. Can't you wait for us? Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Mom wanted to be there when I finished. I hoped she could be there in time. The closer I got to finishing, the more excited I was. I didn't want to wait around. I wanted to finish. I was almost done. It took a little over two hours to cross the Seven Mile Bridge. At the end was an older man in a Hawaiian shirt and straw hat taking pictures of me with a large camera. Uh, hi. Hello. My name's Bob. Wait, one more. There we go. He held out his hand. I shook it. What's your name? John. You work for the paper? No, no, no. The photography's just a hobby of mine. People around here were talking about a guy walking through. There's been a lot of that recently. Oh? Well, some kid came through not too long ago, walking across the country. That's what I'm doing. Oh boy, you're the other one. You know? I stopped to take his picture too. Uh, Chase, right? You're his friend? Yeah, we were walking together and split up back in Tennessee. I remember him saying that. Wow, he mentioned me. That had to be nearly a month ago. Probably. He's pretty far ahead. Did he say anything else? Just that he was happy he was almost done. What about you? What about me? You happy you're almost finished? You know what? I am. I didn't talk to Bob long. Eventually he jumped back on his blue bike and pedaled off. He told me he may meet me at the nipple tomorrow. Apparently the locals called the buoy at the southernmost point the nipple. After Bob left, I got back on the trail and headed through Big Pine Key. For my last night, I'd stay in my tent. It only felt right. The sound of the water was soothing. I googled my path for tomorrow. I had about 13 miles left. Only 13. Tomorrow will be my last day. It was hard to sleep. I thought about the man who'd approached me just before entering Florida. He'd been so adamant about this being a spiritual journey, but would this walk really change me? I woke up late on purpose. Opening my tent to see the water was amazing. I climbed out and took my time packing up. It was 10 o'clock. I ate a granola bar and drank some water while I watched birds dive for fish. 
My phone was ringing. I knew it would be Mom. Hello? John, it's Mom. I know. I'm really sorry, but we just had a hell of a time. Not only did we hit traffic several times, but I got a flat. I don't know how far you are, but we're waiting for AAA right now. I wouldn't feel comfortable driving on a donut. That sucks. How far are you? I only have about 13 miles left. Well, we're going to be a while, but maybe we can still make it. Okay, Mom. I decided to start walking. If she made it in time, then she did, but I wanted to keep walking. The fact that the finish line was so close had me ecstatic. Maybe that's what Chase felt. Maybe that's why he finished so fast. To finally be able to say he did it, he walked across the country. When I reached Key West, I took the long way along the seawall. There were people sunbathing and drinking. I saw dolphins in the distance and jellyfish right over the edge. Last time I was in Key West, I was 12. My parents had taken me. It was our last family vacation together. I stopped taking the view. I put my headphones away with my phone. My mom hadn't called. I sat down on the seawall and watched the water slowly roll up. I was two miles away from the southernmost point. After about 15 minutes, I tried calling mom, but she didn't answer. So I got up and finished the walk. The southernmost point was a tourist attraction, obviously. People crowded around the big red buoy to take pictures. I waited for my turn and did the same. I took one selfie in front of the buoy with my hand flat against it. I was done. The walk was finished. Twenty minutes later and I was back sitting on the seawall. It was a different spot, but still beautiful. Mom had called saying they were still two hours away, so I set my phone to the side and waited. It had been a long trip, and part of me wondered if it was worth it. When I thought back on this trip, what would I remember? I started feeling all kinds of emotions rising in me, and because of it, I was forced to fight back tears. As I wiped my eyes, I saw my phone screen light up. A text. It was Dad. It read, Sorry I couldn't be there. Congratulations. I smiled. It felt nice to drive again two days after getting back home and I was meeting up with the group. We settled on Three Daughters, a popular local brewery downtown. I parked on the street and walked towards a crowd of people drinking and playing cornhole. I pushed through and saw Liz and Anders sitting at a table in the large warehouse area. There he is! John! We hugged. Holy shit! Look at that tan! Lathering on sunblock got tiring. Go get a drink real quick. We'll grab you a seat. I went inside and got myself a stout. When I went back into the warehouse area, the stage on the far wall was lit up and a mic was set up. Live music. I took a seat next to Liz. What about Isaac? 
he can find his own damn seat. Little shit said he was going to be here a half hour ago. When did you get here? Emily and I have been downtown all day. Emily? That's when I saw her walk up, beer in hand. She was dressed in a white tank top and ripped jeans. John! She ran over and hugged me. Hey, Emily. Congratulations on your walk. That's a hell of an achievement. I don't know if it's that special. Others have done it. Not you. Emily jumped on Andres' lap. We all have a bear to thank for that. Oh, is that what we're naming the rock? Shh. I gotta keep that going. I know you weren't attacked by a bear, Anders. Not for you, for Isaac. He still believes me, and here he comes. Isaac walked up dressed in all black. Hey, guys. We hugged and he grabbed himself a seat. I thought it was interesting that it took me finishing the walk to get everyone to hang out together again. What the hell took you so long, Isaac? I was working. We all stared at him in stunned silence. Working? I got a job. Jesus Christ, Isaac. It took you six months to land a job. You could have done the walk. Well, I used all my savings to pay off my loans. Now I definitely need money. This guy, I tell you. Anyway, John, dude, that's awesome that you finished. Congratulations. Again, it's not that special. How slow were you walking? Chase finished like a month ago. Shut up, Anders. Speaking of Chase, have any of you talked to him recently? They all shook their heads. I did text him, though. Yesterday. Mm, He didn't respond. Oh. Tell us about your walk. Yeah, I want to hear all about it. I told them everything I could remember after the point of Liz leaving. Then we all caught up. Found out about Isaac's new job, Anders and Emily's cruise, and Liz finally deciding she was moving back to Georgia. After a couple hours of talking, playing games, and drinking, everyone took off until it was just Liz and I. We moved up to a new table that was by the stage. Different acts had come on throughout the night, and now it was a young girl with long blonde hair. She wore overalls and a white tee. She sat on a bar stool and settled her acoustic guitar on her lap. She then waved to Liz, who waved back. You know her? Yeah, that's Kelsey. She's in my biology lab. So if the world's a stage, then I could be anything. I'm gonna build a spaceship and fly to my dreams. I wanna watch the world from space. Do you wanna come with me? You know, I just bought a guitar off Craigslist. Once I'm in Georgia and all settled, I think I'm going to start playing again. Maybe do that. She motioned to her friend on stage. That'd be great. Yeah. I haven't written music in a while, but I have the itch now. Not going to join any more girl groups? (laughs) No. What about you? Singing's not my thing. (laughs) I meant the writing. Have you figured out what comes next with that? I think I did. Anders had actually helped me with an idea when he first mentioned audio dramas. I listened to them several times over the course of my trip, especially during the last weeks in Florida. I took a week researching what would be needed, and it didn't seem like it would take too much to at least try to create one. Writing scared me because I was so worried about making it my profession. But I didn't need to become a Michael Crichton overnight. All the possible writing outlets, all the struggles, overwhelmed me. But writing an audio drama? That seemed doable. 
My main focus was just getting a story out, and now I'd be able to. I decided to start writing an entire season. What was my story? Crystal Blue. I found my old outline and started there. Eh, I think it has potential. Two weeks passed and all I did was write. I needed to start looking for a job soon, but I wanted to finish writing the first season. I still would need to find people to record voices and have to figure out the whole editing process, but right now my focus was writing. One night while writing, I got stuck. I'd carried on for nearly three days. I had writer's block. Couldn't believe it. Then that weekend, as I paced around my room, I got a call from someone I didn't expect. It wasn't Chase. It was Reagan, the young girl who worked the front desk at the Lynn Motel in Missouri. Hello? Hi. Uh, John? Yeah, it's me. Oh, hey. It's Reagan. I know. I, I had your number saved. Oh, cool. I assume you're calling to see if I finished my trip? <laughs> yeah. You didn't finish the blog, so... I know. I'm sorry. I gave up on it. Oh, that's okay. I know you were really busy. It's just, Kathy told me to call and see if you reached Key West. I did. A little over two weeks ago. Oh, wow. That's great. Congratulations. Thanks. It was a hell of a trip. I bet. Did you have fun, though? I did. And I got to see a lot, too. Awesome. Kathy will be so happy to hear about that. Do you think you'll write a book someday and tell your story? No, I don't think so. Oh? Why not? I discovered I'm not the book writing type. Hmm, that's too bad. I think it would make for an interesting story. People would probably love to hear it. Yeah, hear it. I talked to Reagan for nearly an hour before she had to go. I started thinking about the walk. Could I write about it? People have written books about traveling across the country before, but maybe... I minimized my current script and started a new file. The Walk by John Beck. I scrolled down and stared at the blank screen. Should I write about it? There are a lot of personal things I probably shouldn't talk about. That was my main worry when everyone tried to convince me to start writing about it back when we started. But I doubted Chase and I would ever be friends again. Once Liz moved, odds are we wouldn't keep in touch. If I change some names and some settings and embellish a bit, I wonder if they'd care or even notice. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? This won't be a group story. It'll be my story. Okay. Exterior. Blaine, Washington. Peace Arch. Morning. Jeff stands by the rippling water. Behind him, Jay, Melanie... Ian and Luke take pictures. This is the beginning of their journey. 
The Walk, written by Robert M. Lamb, edited by Dan Stevenson, starring Jack Austin as John, Nick Engelhard as Chase, Ariel Zadok as Liz, Robert M. Lamb as Anders, Jose Caraballo as Isaac, co-starring Gene Lamb, Ariel Hack, Amber Simpson, June Yoon, Megan Austin, Chris Tatoli, Catabelle, Brett Wilkins, and Andrew Morris. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Dylan Mixer at dmixmusic.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. This has been a Seven Lamb production. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.